Good morning. We are so glad that you're here. I know that we have several visitors uh, who are in our midst today, and we are especially thankful uh, for your presence. You are our honored guest, and we hope that you will feel warmly welcomed, and we hope by the time that you leave, uh, you will have been encouraged and challenged by the Word of God and uplifted by our worship together. Uh, I'm battling a bit of a cold, and uh, so uh, hopefully you can tolerate my nasally voice, and uh, hopefully I can stand for the duration of my sermon, but if I have to preach from one of the chairs, then so be it. But we're going to get through it one way or the other. Uh, I bet that many of you have been in the same boat as me. I know there's a lot of crud going around that we're battling. So... If in the lobby this morning you see me and I give you a fist bump instead of shake your hand, don't take offense. I'm just trying not to spread my germs to you. Uh, As Oren mentioned earlier, we've got our uh, one-word books out in the lobby uh, for you to pick up. And I've got a nice little slide up here with the website if you'd like to check it out. But this is a book, a devotional book that we're going to be reading as a congregation uh, for all through 2017. And uh, there are 53 different words that are featured, and I'm going to be preaching on each of those words week in and week out, and you've got five devotionals per week uh, that you'll be reading, we'll all be reading together. Every reader in our congregation gets a book, and there's a membership list back there, and you, you can highlight your name when you pick one up, but even if you're not on that list, if you're with us frequently, I want you to get a book as well. Now, if you're a couple and you'd rather share a book, that's fine, but we have enough books for every person who can read, uh, who has the ability to read, uh, to get a book. And as, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to start reading through those uh, the first, well, January the 1st is uh, Sunday, and I'm going to preach on the first word, and then that following Monday, you'll start reading. So you're going to have today and next week and uh the week after that, to pick up those books. They'll be available out there for the next three weeks. And if you have any questions about that, if, if something's not clear, uh, then just come and find me and let me know. But I'm excited about that, and I'm praying that that's really going to be a blessing for our congregation to, to go through that together. Uh, we're in the midst of a series right now to close out our year called The Amazing, Marvelous Son of God. And we've been in the book of Colossians, and that's where we're going to be this morning. If you want to grab a Bible, your Bible, or if there's a Bible nearby, grab it, open it it up to uh, the book of Colossians in your New Testaments, and we're going to be shortly digging into a few verses in chapter 1. But before we get there, I want to bring up a word on the screen, and I want to ask what comes to mind when you see this word. The word is mystery. What do you think about? What associations do you have with this word? Maybe you think of an old Agatha Christie novel or Mary Higgins Clark or some other mystery writer that you're aware of that you've enjoyed reading. Maybe that's where your mind goes. Maybe you think of a TV show like CSI or Law and Order or NCIS or something like that. Maybe you think about a person uh, in your life or in your past, that you never could quite figure out. They were a mystery to you. You you never could fully understand who they were and what they were all about. 
Maybe words like enigma and puzzle and question come to mind. You know, some mysteries are very frightening. In the summer of 1988, three men took their four-wheelers and went on a ride on Signal Mountain. Um, and they disappeared. And their bodies were later found. Their lives had been taken from them. And this case gained a lot of notoriety. It became known as the Signal Mountain Murders. And my grandfather, Roy Parham, he, was, uh, he worked for the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department, and he and his partner, Larry Sneed, were the lead detectives uh, on this case. It went unsolved for many years, uh, and they actually did an episode of the old show Unsolved Mysteries on this case. Does anybody remember that show? Uh, and so my family, we all went over to my grandparents' house uh, to watch the show when it aired um, because my grandfather was featured in it. And, and so I remember we all went over there. We piled into their den because we didn't, we didn't want to miss Pawpaw's television debut. And uh, I wish that I had gone to a different room because as a young child, uh, that spooky music. Do you remember the music that would open up Unsolved Mysteries? Ooh. And uh, the disturbing reenactments that they did of the crime. I mean, I could not go to sleep without the lights on for weeks. It was terrifying to me as a young child. So some mysteries uh, are very scary, but other mysteries are exciting and bring us joy. Think about when you began to fall in love with your spouse. And they were a mystery to you at first. And there were things about them that you didn't understand, but you couldn't wait to understand those things. You couldn't wait to, to uh, figure out the puzzle that was your spouse. I mean, you couldn't wait to understand more about what makes them tick and what they like and what their interests are. And so that's, that's a mystery that is exciting to solve. But the best, most marvelous mystery of all time is the one that Paul discusses in the book, of Colossians. It's this mystery that Paul says was hidden for ages and generations. Nobody in all of humanity knew about it, and yet at the right time it was revealed to the saints. And that means to us. When Paul uses the word saints, he's talking about all believers. It doesn't mean just an elite group of believers as it came to be as it came to uh, be understood in later church history. When Paul says saints, that means us, the, the average everyday believer. And by faith, this mystery has been revealed, unveiled to us. It's this mystery that Paul says, he became a minister in order to make fully known. Paul says, I'm a minister because I want to, I want to reveal this mystery. I want to help people to understand it at its fullest. And it's this mystery that Christians should constantly seek to understand better and better every day. The mystery that we're talking about, the mystery that Paul talks about in Colossians, in a word, is Christ. Jesus Christ. The person of Christ was concealed for thousands of years before being brought into plain sight. And yet, now that we know Christ has come, we can look back and, and we can see that all the clues were there all along. And so it makes sense when Christ, after he comes, 
We can put all the puzzle pieces together, and it makes total sense. We can see that, that God had several clues throughout human history. Like, for instance, His undying love for His people is not a surprise that God would act in such a definitive, loving way by sending His only begotten Son to the earth. The greatest act of love of all time. You know, despite our rebellion throughout history, despite God's people turning their backs on Him repeatedly in the Old Testament, God's compassion endured. I think about uh, Hosea chapter 11, verse 8. We talked about this verse uh, several weeks ago in a series on the prophets. And God is talking about His people and how rebellious they've been and how He's ready to punish them. And then He says, My compassion has grown warm and tender for them. All throughout history, God just, He couldn't quite give up His people because He loved them. And so it's not a surprise that He would act in such a powerfully loving way by sending Jesus. Another clue is the need for a permanent solution for sin. Sin had not been taken care of in a decisive way. And as the Hebrews writer tells us in the New Testament, the blood of bulls and goats, all these sacrifices that the people would do over and over again, they they just just wasn't cutting it. Uh, It was kicking the can down the road. It was covering up the sins but it wasn't getting rid of the sins like Jesus came to do. And then, of course, many clues can be found in the prophet's anticipation of a Messiah. And I think, especially this time of year, about Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Very well-known verses. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And of course, there's many other passages that look forward to the arrival of the Christ, the Messiah. And then, at just the right moment in human history, what Paul in Galatians says, the fullness of time, the mystery was unveiled. Christ came into the world. And so it's here that we go back to the manger scene. We visited the manger the past two weeks, and we've peered over it. We've looked at that infant lying in that feeding trough on a bed of hay, in the stable where the animals dwelled, there He is, the Son of God, the arrival of the Savior of the world at the fullness of time. The great mystery of God finally unveiled to all who by faith believe. What was unknown throughout history, what was unknown for all humanity has now become known to those who choose to believe, to the saints to us, to God's people. The unveiling of this mystery is good news for humans. Have you ever witnessed somebody receiving really good news? Have you ever seen their face and how they react uh, to being given really good news? There was a video I saw a couple years ago, and um, it was a high school student from Chicago, and she was conducting a social experiment, and she took her camera around the school, a video camera, and trained it on different individuals, 
And after she got the camera rolling, she would say to the other, to the other students, I am taking pictures of things that I find beautiful, and you fit the bill. You should have seen these kids' faces. I mean, beaming from ear to ear, they're, they're surprised that she would pick them. You wonder if they've ever received news like this before, if they've ever been told such a kind word about themselves. You should have seen their faces when they heard this good news, when the unknown became known to them. Uh, just this past week, I saw another video, and it was from Udawa High School uh, outside of Chattanooga. And Udawa's gotten some bad press of late, but this was a really uplifting, positive story. Uh, all the faculty and staff were challenged to pick one student that encouraged them to come to work every day. And they took a camera around, and the faculty or staff member would, on camera, reveal to their student that they had been picked, and why. And, uh, wow, 20-minute video, kind of long, but well worth your time. So uplifting. These kids, they were surprised. Uh, They were all smiles. Uh, There were tears. There were hugs. When these teachers and these staff members were sharing with them uh, what they meant to them and how they had encouraged them and praising them for their kind spirits, as the good news was being revealed to them, as the unknown became known, wow, what a sight to behold. So heartwarming to see these kids react to this good news in this way. You know, Christ's appearance is way better news than, than these examples. Those students, they received some good news that they weren't expecting. But Christ's appearance, this mystery that's been unveiled for us, it's way better news. According to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, the mystery that's been revealed with Christ is, is this. No matter who you are, no matter your, your ethnic background, no matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, you can experience the riches of God. You can have Christ living in you. You can be a child of God. That's the message that Paul shares with the Colossian church in chapter 1. And he says, that's the message that the mystery unveiled has brought to the world. Because of Christ, the far can be brought near. The outsider can become an insider. Paul says, this is good news, not just to Jews, not just to the historic people of God, but to the Gentiles, to those who've always been outside the camp. Now you can come in. It doesn't matter who you are. By faith, anybody can become a child of God through Christ The alienated can become reconciled. The evil can become blameless. And this is exceedingly good news. This was good news to these people. And I bet their faces lit up when they first heard it, just like the students in those videos. I think we've lost some of the freshness and some of the novelty of the news. I think it's become old news to us. We hear about it week in and week out. And for those of you who've been in church since you you were an infant, You've heard about it your entire life. And so I I, I think that the goodness of the news is sometimes lost on us. But it shouldn't be. We should never lose our wonder at the revelation of this mystery. One that was concealed and hidden for thousands of years and at the right time revealed for all the saints, for all the world to believe. The mystery unveiled is exceedingly good news. And here's something else. What's more? This good news, one of the messages here in Colossians is, this good news is enough. 
All right, it's sufficient. Um, it's adequate. And by adequate, I mean um, it, it's plenty. You don't need anything else on top of it. The Colossians, just to give you a little context, were being urged to seek out additional spiritual wisdom. There was some kind of false teaching going on, and we don't know exactly what it was in this city, in this church, but we know enough to say that there was some encouragement from some false teachers to the Christians that they needed to be seeking out other mysteries and other secrets. And yeah, Christ is fine, but you need to go deeper than that. And there are other spiritual uh, realities that you ought to try and discover. And what Paul is saying to counter that false teaching in the book of Colossians is, no, 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 that, that is not true. The mystery has been revealed, and it's Christ. And so you can stop looking. You don't need anything else to supplement Christ. He is enough. He's sufficient. You have discovered what you need. You have everything you need right before you in Christ. Is that a message that we need to hear today? We think Christ is fine and good, but maybe there's other ways that we ought to enhance our lives. Maybe there's other good advice and life techniques out there that we need to slap on top of the gospel, you know, to make it a little better. Do you need to hear the message that Paul is sending to the Colossians church? Christ is enough. You know, the, the band U2 famously sings, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I love that song. I, I love the way that it sounds. But that's not what Christians ought to be saying. Christians are to proclaim, all I ever needed, all I ever wanted, I have found in Christ. I have discovered what my heart desires. And it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is enough for me. Christians ought to be the most contented people in the world. Contentment. We ought to rest in our relationship with Christ and stop all this silly searching for extra stuff that we don't need. The good news of, of Jesus Christ, this mystery that's been unveiled, is, should be enough for us. Paul says it should be enough for you, Colossian church. God has revealed this great, the greatest mystery of all time to us, to the saints. And now it's up to the saints to reveal it to the world. We've got, a, we've got an important job to do, church. Uh, we have an important mission because as we look around at our world, at our nation, at our community, at this county, we can see that God's will for mankind is still hidden for many. People don't understand the extent to which this is good news. Uh, they, they don't understand how God wants to change their lives through Jesus. It is still concealed to them. It's hidden to them. And so God wants to use us to make what is unknown known. The mystery must continue to be unveiled as we seek and save the lost, as we try to do our very best to present the gospel message to the people around us. In doing that, we are trying to remove the shade from people's eyes so that they can clearly see that God loved them enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for their sins. You have Christ in you. If you're a baptized believer, would you raise your hand this morning? If you're here, you're a baptized believer, you should raise it high, you should be proud of that. What a blessing to be able to receive the riches of God's grace, 
not because of anything we've done, but because of how good God is. If you're a baptized believer gathered here this morning, then Christ is in you. That's what Paul says in Colossians. Don't you want Christ to be in everyone? Everyone in this county, in this city, in this nation, in this world? That's what God wants. Is that what you want? Do you want the mystery to be unveiled for the world as it has been unveiled for you? Don't you want everybody to know that they can become children of God? Many years ago, Fred Craddock was a Bible professor and a preacher living out in Oklahoma. And he and his wife decided that they needed a vacation. They needed to get away. And so they went to the Smoky Mountains. And their first stop was a restaurant that has long since closed called the Blackberry Inn. And on one side of the Blackberry Inn, all windows, and you had a spectacular view of the mountains. And so he and his wife are there, first night of vacation. They've got their menus open, trying to see what they're going to order. And an old man comes in the restaurant, well advanced in years, and he comes up to their table. Good evening. Good evening. Y'all on vacation here? Yes, we sure are. Well, are you having a good time? And Fred Craddock wants to say, well, we were before you came up and started talking to us. But instead he says, yes, sir, we sure are. Well, I hope you all have a great time up here. What is it that you do for a living? And by this time he's thinking, okay, this is none of your business, all right? I really would like to get rid of this old man because I'm here on vacation. I want to get away from it all and enjoy myself. But, but instead he says, well, I'm a Bible professor and I, I train preachers. And he said, oh, you're a preacher then? And he said, yeah. And so the man pulls a chair out from under the table, has a seat, and says, I want to tell you a story. And he begins his tale in this way. He says, I grew up out in these mountains. And I never knew who my father was. And in those days, such shame. My mother and I, we'd go to town together. And people would look at her, and they'd look at me, and they'd begin to guess who my father was. I didn't like to go to school. I didn't like to be around people. At recess, I'd hide in the weeds and I would eat my lunch alone. I started going to a little church back there in the mountains. It was called Laurel Springs. And I just went for the sermon. I didn't really want to interact with anybody. They had this preacher, and he was a rough and tumble kind of preacher. Big, booming voice and a beard, and I was scared of him, but I was also fascinated by him. And so I'd go and listen to his sermon and then get out as quick as I could. But one Sunday, a lot of people got clogged up in the aisle, and I couldn't escape like I normally did, and I began to panic. And then I felt a hand on my shoulder, and I turned around, and it was that preacher. And he said to me, boy, boy, you're the child of... And he really began to panic now. This was the moment he had been avoiding. That somebody was going to ask him about who his dad was, who his father was, and he was going to have to say, I don't know who my father was. This was the moment that he, that he most wanted to avoid. He, he didn't want anybody to, to say to him, what's a boy like you doing in church? And so this pause here seemed like an eternity, but the preacher continued. He said, boy, you're a child of, you're a child of God. Yes, I can see the resemblance. 
Now go and claim your inheritance. Fred Craddock and his wife sitting there across from the old man in this restaurant. And he says, what's your name? And the old man says, Ben Hooper. Ben Hooper. Craddock thought for a while, and then he remembered. He remembered his father telling him about how the people of Tennessee twice elected a young boy from the mountains of East Tennessee without a father to be governor of the state. And his name was Ben Hooper. On that day, long ago, that preacher, he unveiled the mystery of the gospel to young Ben Hooper. He shared with him the very best news of all. News that changed his life. News that caused him to say that on that day, that was the day that I was, that was the day I was born. And the news is this. No matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter what kind of situation you grew up living in, no matter where you come from, you can be a child of God to Jesus Christ. That is the great mystery that's been unveiled. That is the great news that is communicated through the mystery. So is today the day for you to become a child of God through Christ? The day to be born again? Christ has been unveiled as the Savior of the world. And you know, just last night, Matthew Wolf, he'd been studying with Evan Berry, and he came to the conclusion that, you know, I'm not promised tomorrow. And so I need to act right now on my faith. I need to go and confess the great name of Jesus Christ. I need to be buried in water for the forgiveness of my sins. And so he did. Late last night, came over to the building, we turned the lights on up here, and he was immersed. His sins washed away. I know there are people in this building who have yet to take that step. And I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know, I don't know what you're waiting on. But let me just be blunt with you. You aren't promised tomorrow. And you aren't promised that we're going to make it into the next hour. And so I don't know why you're waiting, but I just want to, I want to beg you, I want to implore you, don't wait any longer. This is your time. This is your moment to come and say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that at the, 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 the right time He was brought to this earth, the mystery was unveiled, that all can become children of God through Him. If you're ready to make the great confession and be immersed in water, we encourage you to do that. If you have any other spiritual need this morning, you can come and make that known. If you need to be restored, we'd love to pray with you. If you've got a need that you'd like to just share with a couple of our elders in the library, they'll be available uh, after our worship this morning. How about we get on our feet and we sing this song of invitation, and if you need to come, come on down.